This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Hello everyone and welcome back to another J-Rocks Lawn Care and Gardening Podcast. Here we are on episode number 36 with another guest appearance for another yet interview. So this one this week, we have Mike Day from Mike Day Garden Maintenance join us on this chat. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing well, well, thank you, mate. How are you, Sam? Yeah, very well, mate. Great to have you on the podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. I think um, going back through it, you're probably one of, I don't think I've actually ever said this to you, but you're one of probably the first 10 accounts that I actually came across um, through Instagram when I first oh, joined really? up. Yeah, yeah, that was actually, you know, posting a lot and being very, you know, consistent with either... I've seen your reviews. I think one of the first reviews I've actually seen is when you've done the, is it the giant ladders you've got? The yeah, giant ladders, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the combi ladders. I think that's one of the first videos I've seen from anyone doing anything on Instagram. And yeah, you're what one of the, like I say, the first 10 like accounts that had more than, you know, 500. I think you had about 2K around that time. Um, yeah. And I just remember thinking... Right, there's some like players in on Instagram, but yeah, you you were the <laughs> you were the one of the like I said the first ten accounts. So it's it's great to go from what that was, you know, several years ago to a lot of the conversations mm-hmm. we've had in the meantime, and, and now finally having you on the podcast to be able to basically share, you know, the almost the conversations that we've been having in that time period. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, nice little journey. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, so just start and then so as we start off all podcasts, I just want to. This one's basically a way for the listeners to get to know you. And then what I'm hoping is that hopefully further on down the line, as as with yourself and many other people, we've got a lot of topics in mind that would really suit um, the, the person being interviewed. So for yourself, you know, you do a lot with equipment that I really want to touch on in other podcasts. But this one is mainly just so everyone can get to know you a little bit. And we can yep. do that like introduction interview. So if you can just tell everyone a bit about yourself, your business name and sort of what you do. Yeah, basically, um, the business is called Mike Day Garden Maintenance. Um, it was actually my dad who started the business up about 20, 25, 26 years ago. Wow. Um, he had the business going, yeah, he had the business going for about 10, 15 years. Um, whilst I was still at school. <laughs> Um, about when I was about 13, 14, um, I used to sort of take a couple of days off school, so to speak, and do a couple of days work with my dad. And uh, it all went from there, really. I mean, I left school at about 
15, I think, when I got my GCSEs. Yeah. Um, then I went to a nice college called Capel Manor College, which is uh, just in Hertfordshire, just north, just north of London. Um, went there for about, I think it was about a year and a half. Um, I went on a course called the Professional Gardener course. Um, got my level one. Um, unfortunately, I didn't go back to get my level two because um, I thought that on the job, working with my dad was more of a sort of knowledge than actually getting taught behind the desk, so to speak. You know, you, know, you, you can get yeah. taught as much as you want. But unless you're actually doing the job, I find that I learned a lot more working and actually doing the job rather than actually getting tuition, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I left. I'd, I'd done the college course. And I left there after about a year and a half and, and went straight into partnership with my dad, basically. That's really interesting, um, that, because that was, uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, myself as well is within this bracket, um, you know, we end up doing kind of the way that you have, where you end up getting hands-on um, experience first. That You know, your first thing is sort of whatever you might hear, like theoretically online or, you know, whatever initial bits of self-training that you do. But then mm. the, fir- the first wall that you hit is actually starting jobs and, you know, doing that hand-on experience. Do you, doing what you did, I know it was a good few years ago now, but do you reckon that was, I want to say, a key, you know, going forward in your business? Do you think you could have done it without going for your level one through college? Yes, I do. Um, I think that it's, it's all well and good sort of, you know, you get in college, they sort of teach you. I mean, don't get me wrong, all like the Latin names, you know, the botanical names that you get taught. It, it all helps when you're actually doing the job and it's it, it's impressive if you're sort of walking around new customers and sort of going along all the names and showing the customers that you know what you're doing and that you've obviously been taught. Yeah. Um, and you're not just some any other person, but I, they don't teach you how to sort of deal with customers, um, how to price up jobs, how to run a business being self-employed. Um, and I think all that sort of stems and comes along with actually being self-employed you know so it's it's all well and good you know in hindsight getting taught um how to actually garden so to speak but I think I think yeah I probably could have got away without doing it yeah Um, it's interesting because I I have a lot of conversations with people on Instagram um, and I sort of say you know have you sort of got any qualifications and the majority of them haven't but they're still top gardeners you know so it's very I think it swings around about really. I think it's nice to sort of have some sort of backup um, degree, yeah. You know that you can fall back on. Um, but I don't know. I I think I learned more on the job training than I did sort of behind the desk. You know what I mean? It's very. Yeah. Uh, I obviously people have different experiences, but um, yeah, I think on the job training is a necessity. Yeah. I, mean, I probably I probably could have got away without. Yeah, the, it's crazy because when I've looked into it and like, you know, now and again, I mean, I'm crucially always, I always look at everything on, you know, online, whether it's, you know, new houses that are popping up, if any equipment's popping up online or same again with jobs, not the fact that I'm looking for other jobs, but I just, for some reason, it's probably me just being massively nosy, but I, I love seeing what's going on around the local area, you know, what jobs are coming up. And anyway, a lot, what we see is some of the really biggest states out this way in the North of Scotland, have their own private gardens and you know i'm talking like you know massive estates really really probably more than what one man could do it would be a team of four or five um yeah and you know these jobs do pop up but every time when i've seen 
seen these sort of things pop up. The thing that they always ask is that it's, you know, it's a necessity to have that background qualification. So to me, it almost seems yeah. like the qualification is very key, regardless if, you know, how much it does or how little it does for you. It's key if you want to go work at, you know, within uh, either a public or private gardens, as in, as in yeah, like, yeah. you know, the type of that I'm on about here. But for the lot of the guys, like you say, that go self-employed, again, myself included here, it doesn't ever seem to interfere so much. And I suppose that depends on maybe what what line of work, you know, what direction you take in your business. But for me personally, you know, this is what, two and a half seasons, I've never once been asked if I'm qualified in horticulture. Yeah. If anything, I'm always yeah, the yeah. person that tells them, just so you're aware, I'm not a horticulturist. But you yeah. still get asked to plant jobs. You know what I mean? You still get asked these questions yeah. that really at a basic level you can kind of answer. Um, 100%. It, you know, it's just interesting that you say it because I, I think that might be a, a, a wall in front of people actually taking the step is that they really love the look of the job, but they just don't want to go sit in college for two years and, you know, do classroom yeah. work. Um, no, that, that's interesting. That I think that'll, that'll surprise a lot of people. Um, so is that what first interested you then? It was the whole going in with your dad and him taking you under the wing sort of? I think so. I mean, obviously, when I was 13, 14 years old, sort of working my dad and sort of getting a nice 40, 50 pound at the end of the day that he'd throw at me, it was a sort of eye-opener. I was like, hold on a minute. I could be earning this every day. You know, I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it was easy to sort of step into that position. Um, and I got quite gifted in doing so, really. But, um, yeah, I mean, I always used to see him come home from work and using all these big petrol machinery and I was I was intrigued by all the lawnmowers and stuff like that so yeah I mean I've always had a, a obviously because obviously it's in the genes I've always had an interest in gardening yeah but um yeah no I think it, it's definitely stemmed from there um and like I say when I was a, when I was a little boy the money was quite good yeah definitely I mean you know, 50 could a day at sort of, 14 year old you're, you're laughing yeah. if, you, if you're, you know, I mean, I remember my first proper job was a dishwasher. I was on 18 pound a week, you know what I mean? For doing, for doing right. dishwashing shifts. So when you put it in yeah. that sort yeah. of perspective, I mean, yeah. I tell you what, even I take my six year old without me with me sometimes, not often, but you know, he's been out with me three, four times and he gets chucked 20 quid here and there and he'll do clear ups for me mm. as in just, you know, pick and brush up off the floor or whatnot. And, you know, to try and teach him, you know, you've worked, you've actually got hands on, you've helped me out. You know, he has, he has an actual reward for it, you know, buy, sell a toy, whatever you want to buy. Yeah. And um, I think, I think it's good. You know what I mean? It, it, it really does pass it through, but going through all what you have done now, what do you think was the hardest thing to, when you, when it came for you to actually set up, I know you jumped in with your dad, but was there any form of mm-hmm. difficulties in that time that you thought, ah, oh, this might be like a blocker. This might be the hardest thing. Um, I think sort of agreeing on things with him. It was very hard to sort of, obviously he had an established business for over a decade. You know, it, it was quite hard for me to sort of come in, um, obviously being a younger person and, and, and try and manipulate and change the business to how I wanted it to be, um, but still still in keeping with how he wanted it to run. Yeah. Um, obviously he's a lot older than me and I tried to bring a little bit of youth into the business. Um, it was very, I mean, when I, when I joined, he just used to use a, a, a broom and a, a dustpan and brush to sort of collect it. You know, we're talking sort of them, them times. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to come in with sort of a leaf blower and 
get the job done quick and so it was it was it was quite hard to sort of find the middle ground with him um and sort of allow him to to keep to keep it running how he wanted it to run but to also allow me to have some say in what went down as well I mean that that was probably the, the most hardest thing and obviously being being family you don't really want to upset each other too much yeah no definitely um, that was probably the hardest part sort of just finding the middle ground and working in a way that we both wanted to work, finding the right customers that we both wanted to work for. Um, uh, that was probably the hardest part. I think that's a, that's a great point, really, because, I mean, it was only the other day I seen a post, actually, about uh, what's it like working with your other half. I can't remember if it was on the professional garden group or a landscaping group that month, but mm. it was basically, yeah, what's it like working with family, anyone that does do it? And that was that was a lot of, you know, what people are saying is the fact that if you are thinking of anyone that's listening now, starting up jobs with like very close friends or your partner, family members, then a lot of what I was saying was, yeah, it's great. You can trust them. That's, you know, that bit's something you don't need to worry about, but it's almost sometimes too much time around each other, like during work, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it'd be like at home with each other sometimes as well as being at work. So I think that you're right there. It probably takes a lot of, I can imagine anyway, a lot of trying yeah, to find your got, boundaries, don't you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, well, I've only up until a couple of years ago, obviously I've moved out. So it was quite hard being with him all day at work um, and then being with him all day at home. Yeah, I bet. Uh, it was quite It was quite a lot of time and quite strenuous. But you've obviously, because you're, you're in business with each other, you can't you can't step that line, you know? You've got to you've got to be sort of a bit more flexible with each other and sort of understand that you, you know, you've got to go home and, and, and share a dinner table with each other <laughs> once you've had to do that work. You know? It was quite yeah. difficult, but uh, now obviously it's a different story. I, 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 I turn up for work and, you know, I'm, I'm, well, I don't, I don't even actually work with him. I, I've, I've got my own sort of jobs um, at work. He's got his own sort of job. So to be honest with you, it's very rarely that we actually do work alongside each other okay so i mean if he was working alongside of each other i think 24 7 i think there probably would be probably would have been a few more arguments to be honest you so, know we've both got different um ideas you know yes how we want things to go so so does his setup his crew let's call it do they work under mike dear gm as well or has he got his own yeah so basically what we've got now is um as the years went on um i sort of wanted to find a different sort of, not set of customers, but I wanted to sort of be in a bit more of a glamorous area, so to speak. So I sort of ventured off and it's basically, I have a sister business. Um, it's still trading under the same name, but I've right. got my own customers. Uh, he's got his own customers. Um, I make all my decisions. Uh, I buy all my own machinery and vice versa. So uh, obviously we share, if, if we need to share jobs and he, he gets a, a big job coming in and we both just team up and, and, and get cracking with it but as a day-to-day run sort of thing I'm 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 with someone else um, and so is he so but it's it's all under the same under the same name but it's just a bit nicer that I can sort of now completely make my own decisions as who I want to take on and what I want to do day-to-day um, and he can do that himself as well so yeah no. over the years there's been quite a few changes and stuff so so, so what is the plan then? You've obviously, you've changed a lot. Um, you've changed a lot already 
going through that sort of period, let's say that the last decade or so, what are you look? Is there any more changes you're looking to sort of take the the company to like another level or to work in a slightly different way? You know, we've at one point we had uh, six guys working for us, um, oh, well. three vans out, and there was there was six guys working for us. But the trouble is, having a name, a business name like Mike Day Garden Maintenance, um, they always want you know new customers always want Mike Day. Yeah, they don't want. You know, they don't want James or they don't want Paul um, who might work for us, even though they're, you know, they could be good workers. They always want the, the face of the business to turn up and to do the job. Right. So it, it got to the point where we were sending sort of guys in um, and they were doing a good job. Um, but I think a lot of the times they would sort of say, hold on a minute. I've called up Mike Day Garden Maintenance and Mike's not even here. You know, You're, so not, <laughs> you're not Mike. Yeah, so, yeah. No, yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, having a, obviously a name like that, um, it, it's nice, you know. Obviously, if you are Mike, I mean, it's good because my dad's name is Mike as well, <laughs> right? Um, so we've got the same name, so it sort of helped, um, you know, from the from the early stages till now, and obviously going forward. But if we do, obviously, we did we did expand once, um, and uh, yeah, it gets a little bit tricky when you know they they expect Mike in all the time so that that's that crazy that you mentioned awkward. that because the, the interview literally just last week with Dave uh the lawn guy he was saying exactly the same that when he was getting called out to properties you know he was very on the edge of growing several times and thinking about you know mm-hmm. taking on more people but he was saying the exact same thing they wanted you know the lawn guy Dave to be that person yeah. that was on the property yeah. so in Europe I asked the same kind of questions to him in your opinion what's the way around that or is there not a way around that being, you know, the name that you have for your business and all the rest of it? Um, it's very, very difficult. Um, we have, like, we have, when we did try and expand, we did get a lot of complaints from from customers who, when we were sending in sort of, well, not randomers, obviously they worked for us and they were they're well experienced, but I think a lot of the time out of spite, they would just sort of ring up and complain and sort of say, oh, uh, this guy isn't doing his job properly. We want you to come in. Right. Um, and it was very, very difficult. I mean, is there a way around it? Um, I can't say. I suppose it would be yeah, hard with your old clients, wouldn't it? I suppose maybe it, with it's new so, clients. It's so hard. With yeah. new clients, I don't think, yeah. With new clients, obviously, we can we can, we can, can turn up to a job and sort of price it up. Um, and then, you know, maybe sort of say, I'll be sending one of my boys in. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to get set the record straight. Yeah. The bounce, you know, it, then they've got no sort of nothing to sort of come back on you with. But old clients, yeah, existing clients, very, very difficult. Once you've been doing the job for them for, I mean, we've got we've we've got clients that you've had for over ten years, you know. So if if we were just to turn around and say, oh, you know, I'm sending I'm sending Barry in next week for going forward, it, 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 I don't think it just it wouldn't work out. Yeah, it's basically near, near enough change in their whole sort of regime, and uh, everyone works differently. So you yeah. know how we work. You know, people have got comfortable with that. And uh, if we send anyone else in, or when we have sent anyone else in, I'm not saying they've always done a good job. Um, it's very hard to sort of because obviously me and my dad care about the reputation of Mike Day Garden Maintenance, and people that have come and gone haven't. Yeah, um, they just sort of seen it as a job. Um, they probably don't really want to want to keep the same upkeep as we do. 
Um, and yeah, understandable. They might have cut a few corners. Um, it's not something that we want to happen. Yeah. Um, but I think I think customers were just getting a little bit agitated with none of the mics sort of turning up after they've just called Mike Day Garden Maintenance. It's very, very difficult having a, having a personal name to a business, I think. Yeah. That's probably the only downside. I think that's a main worry is that you, and I say main worry, I think that's a thing that you need to be more aware, the most aware of is that unless you hit a really solid employee, it's always going to be hard to find someone that wants to put in as much effort. Like, let's be honest, we're not paying these people, you know, 30 pound an hour, you know, they're getting a certain wage. It's not, it's not exactly minimum wage, but you know, it's hard when you care about what you do. And like you said, it's your baby, you know what I mean? It's your thing. And it's hard to expect them to carry it through. And quite honestly, from what I've heard on sort of a lot of the American channels, you know, on the other side of the world that run these businesses, they try to implement a lot of pay for performance where you get literally, you get promised minimum wage. So for us, I think that's Mm. what, like nine, it's going up to 9.50, I think, as of April. Yeah, Um, I think it's just under 10, yeah. Is it? Yeah. So they get, pro- you'd get promised that. And then it would be right. If you get, if this week you get, you know, five stars on every visit, no complaints and you get all your jobs done in time, we will add like an extra 50 quid to that week or a hundred quid to that week. And you get, you know, basically constant little pay bonuses that make up a very good wage, um, you know, for, for basically performing above and beyond. And then in the case of if you get one really bad review, you'd lose it for the month, you know, and it's kind of, it's almost like training a toddler, like, yeah, or like a, yeah. or a puppy, like it's almost that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But, you know, it yeah. seems to be working in a lot of places and I'm, I'm wondering if that will ever make its way over here, but I imagine it's hard, man. It's, it's something that you don't have full control over. So I don't blame you for that. Um, so with your company going in that direction, one thing I do want to talk about is uh, your equipment setup. So for anyone that follows follows you on social media, they'll know that you're very into trying like any brand that is up there and uh, yeah. competitive. You know, they can produce a, yeah. a well well built, well good performing product. You're happy to try on you. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's very. Uh, I don't. I don't like to get tunnel vision with tools. I used to be still everything. Um, yeah, I mean they were obviously the pioneer of, of petrol machinery, and we just used to think, well, if it's not steel, then we don't want to know. <laughs> right. Um, since yeah, it's it's I don't, like I said, I don't I don't want to get up. We used to be like that, but now obviously with battery tools coming out, um, we try to be a little bit more um diverse with it and try different brands and and see what others have to offer. Um, so is is that primarily where you are then? So if you're just gonna explain the type of equipment that you you're currently using. You know, where do you sit on that peril to battery and the type of equipment? Um, we're pretty much 90, 90% um, battery now. It's only sort of in the autumn time when the big backpack blows come out and we need that longevity, um, you know, from the machinery. Uh, a, a petrol tank lasts longer than a, than a battery. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes when you're blowing in big areas, um, especially in the, in the season that we just had in autumn, yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's more practical to and cost efficient as well to go out there with a big petrol backpack blower um, or a handheld um, and clear the leaves up quicker and more efficiently than you would with battery. But everything else, we're, we're over to battery power now. Um, 
that's for yourself. It's, 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 I think it's, uh, it's definitely the way forward. And as, as technology does improve year by year, I think it's only going to get better. And just to put like a, a um, some background to this, what's the type of gardens or properties that you're currently looking after? Is there a wide range or is it mainly, because can, can you just state your location as well? Yeah, no, we're in we're in Hertfordshire, um, which is North London. Yeah. Um, so it's there's, there's quite a lot of fields, um, but there's also if you, if, you, if you drive sort of five ten minutes into the more urban areas, there's more there's more houses and residential uh, areas with built up built up closes, and we've we've got a lot of private customers. Um, we're sort of pushing away from that now, um, and sort of maintaining the, the bigger areas um, where we don't have to sort of have much contact with people um <laughs> you know where we it's not it, it's just we used to go into gardens and people used to follow us around and say i want this done i want that done and we've sort of got to a level now where we just prefer going into these big big places and you know let loose we know what we're doing we just want to sort of get cracking with it you know and and leave the garden up to our own demise really yeah definitely um, so we have got some smaller gardens and we've got some quite big gardens so i mean Battery power is, is is definitely sort of helping with both, um, but the trouble is with battery you need the uh, you, you need the uh, the ammunition and obviously the batteries aren't cheap. Yeah. So on on that, what do you stand with any particular brand for any particular side of the business? For example, like your hedges, your lawns, um, you know, it, do you, do you have a certain make and model that you'd go to for these areas? Definitely. Um, I think the, the ego stuff, we've, we, we started off with the Husqvarna stuff, which don't get me wrong, is probably still at, at the top of their game in battery power um, for, for certain tools. You know, obviously there's different, there's different brands that make different tools and some of them are better than the other. And it's very, this is, it goes back to my point, it's hard to stay with the same platform. Um, we, we probably mostly pushing over to the ego equipment now um, just simply because it's more cost efficient. If, yeah. if, if we've got to sort of kit out two vans, um, we probably want three of everything. Yeah. So where we can buy a sort of Husqvarna, for instance, uh, a battery blower for £350, um, we can buy an ego blower for 160 you know, and, and we can get more of them. Yeah. Um, it's probably not the right way to go, but we're slowly learning that the, the expensive stuff isn't always the best stuff, surprisingly enough, um, with battery stuff. I know Husqvarna is up there and it's very, very, well, it's quite expensive, expensive stuff, but, um, yeah, definitely. Some of their stuff is the best, you know, but there's, if we wanted to stick with Husqvarna and we wanted to keep it hundred percent Husqvarna, for instance, we wouldn't have a, a battery mower because, you know, I've tried it and it's not that great. So we've gone on to another brand tried different machines on that side and we found the comfort zone between two brands so to speak so that's why i don't like getting tunnel vision with brands you can you can sort of stick with one platform and buy 100 batteries for one brand but then you're stuck with it yeah you can't sort of I, I th- anything else i think that's a hard thing with it because what what ties me in, and i'm sure m- many other people is especially if you're not like a huge business or you haven't been going for a long time is the fact when you invest in your equipment you know, you really are investing till the point where you see, you know, a return for a good amount of time. And when, like you're saying there with the price of them, 
you know, a BLI 300 watt for anyone that isn't using Husqvarna is their sort of highest um, handheld battery, isn't it? And um, yeah, the highest yeah. Yeah, and you know, you're looking at the best part of nearly 300 quid for that. So, yeah, 100%. you know, so like you say, if you're working a crew of three and you're trying to get through yeah. a whole day, you know, depending yeah. on what you're doing and all the rest of it, you're spending a good few thousand pounds on batteries. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had this conversation on Instagram with you. Like, I'm a serial eBay hunter, me, for batteries because, you know, the prices that you can't get them when people obviously either fold or change brand, whatever the reason being, you know, you can pick up some pretty good deals that save you a good bit of money, but it, it's hard going. Like, and I think that's 100%. the biggest question I've had with it when people's been asking about batteries and obviously the they say that i i do use husqvarna a lot but i don't move from husqvarna because of the fact of price you know i can't really i can't justify not that i can't afford but i can't justify spending a grand on ego equipment although i'd love to i would love to try mm-hmm. you know I'd, I'd love to spend a grand on ego still uh makita and you know already got the husqvarna and and i think echo is doing some pretty soon i don't know what that's like though and just try it all, you know what I mean? I, yeah. you know, I would like to be really fair about it. What you seem to be kind of doing, because I've seen you use the Makita kit as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. No, we've we've we started dabbling with Makita stuff. Yeah. Um, um, the good thing about Makita stuff is, if if you own, you know, a lot of sort of households now have, you know, a drill, just like, yeah. you know, a Makita drill. So you'd obviously you'd already have the battery, and you'd already have a charger. So it's 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 easier to to go out there and just buy a. A, a dry tool about the battery and, and stick on with you and get started yeah just get started yeah but i mean like it's interesting you say because a lot of people sort of message me and say oh i see you using the ego stuff or the husqvarna stuff um what do you recommend and it's very hard for me to sort of say because i don't know you know how much they've got to spend is it is it their first sort of investment into battery stuff um we were lucky to sort of go straight into the Husqvarna stuff. Um, but probably if I had to look at it all again now, we probably saved that would have saved ourselves a lot of money if we went straight into the ego stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's very, it's very, very difficult. And the return isn't that great. I mean, obviously, it's nice to use battery stuff. As you know yourself, Sam, it's nice to use battery stuff. And yeah, it's more, um, it's lighter. It's probably better for your health in the long run. You can sort of start earlier less trips to the petrol station uh yeah. but the price you know like you say for a, a bli 300 which probably depending on what tool you use could probably only last you a, bit, a half and if i stick it in the battery blow it lasts me half an hour yeah you know and i've just paid 300 pounds for the for the battery another 300 pounds for the blower for for an hour's work yeah you know so it's very very difficult um with battery stuff but i think it's only getting cheaper yeah yeah, it's um, got it's got to go that way because you can't. I get raising the price on a lot of things. You know, it's happening everywhere at the moment, but you can't be trying to make everyone go battery side. You know, the whole world's trying to push everyone to more of an economical, uh, economical like more eco lifestyle, and mm. you can't be trying to shift everyone that way, and it costing you know twice as much as an upfront charge. Yeah. It just doesn't. Especially a lot of people that are going in this blind, you know, don't don't have. I, I worked it out with a guy the other day on Facebook that was asking me, 
And when we worked out a couple of hedge cut trimmers, um, the blur if you needed it, and several other items, like alongside with the batteries, like basics, you know, just to get going, really. It was going to be around 1,500 quid. It was between 13 and 1,500 quid just to get started. And that's before you've made any money. Now, yeah. not everyone has a grand plus to get started. Some people are starting with a brush and, you know, yeah. a mother's mower. And 100%. yeah, it, it's just, it's just hard. Everyone's not in that, that position. Um, yeah. So on that, talking about the equipment now, I, I know you're very fair. Anyone that follows Mike uh, online will see that you always tell it how it is. You know, there's never any smoke and mirrors with you. And, you know, I think that's one thing yeah. that why people probably take your advice. So, so honestly, because you wouldn't say something was good if it wasn't, you know, you, you don't try and bluff anyone. So if I can put you on the spot here, what would be your favorite tool from each category brand? Not saying that it's the best overall, but just like Makita, what's the best tool that you've used from them? Same with Husky, same with Still, same with Ego. Uh, Makita, the head trimmer. They've got, they got a long reach head trimmer, I think DUN500W. It's, it's, I see a lot of people in Australia using it and they've got a lot of, you know, topiary out there and it's, it's got a really high RPM. I think it's right. about 4,400 it, it runs at. So it, it just makes cutting hedges um, easier. And right, so that beats a Husky, doesn't it? It beats a Husky. It definitely beats a Husky. I mean, even though it's 18 volt, we probably use the Makita Long Reach more than we do the Husky. All right. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot lighter um, with a higher RPM. The, the machine itself is cheaper. The batteries are cheaper. Uh, so I'd probably say the, the Makita Hedge Trimmer definitely is, 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 their, is their best tool. Nice. Um, I haven't actually used the handheld, just the small little handheld one, but I, I see a lot of people using it. And it's basically the same sort of motor as a long reach. So I, I can imagine it being quite good. Yeah. Um, but that's probably the best one for Makita. Husqvarna. I, I, I'll be lost about the trimmer. Yeah. The Husky trimmer. Um, and we've just started now using, we've had it for a couple of years, but we've just started using the Combi, which I know you're a big fan of. Oh, the 325 ILK. Three two five I okay yeah, yeah. we've just yeah, uh, fantastic. We've got the streamer attachment back in that and uh, it's uh it's got its pros definitely but the trouble is we've come from the um the free the five twenty ILX which is basically the uh the standalone streamer yeah and the good thing about that is when when you're sort of working around cars or patio windows you've got a reverse feature on it all ah, right sort of change the way that the head spins. So depending on which way you're walking or which way the, the stuff is that you don't want to damage, you can sort of just press a button and, and sort of throw the grass trimmings and hopefully you're obviously not stones, but obviously if you do, you can sort of <laughs> yeah. pick them in the opposite direction. Yeah. That's the only thing that I'm looking about that, obviously moving over to the combi. But um I'd I'd definitely be lost without the uh without the husky trimmers and also the hedges, the husky and the hedge trimmers. They're 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 built very well. Um, which is probably where a lot of the costs come from with the Husqvarna stuff, actually. They're very comfortable. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I've often asked a few of the Husky reps, you know, why, why is your stuff so expensive? And then just sort of say the research that goes into it behind closed doors, making these tools lightweight, um, ergonomic and comfortable is where you're, where the price tags comes in. So it's understanding um, that I'd be lost about the, the trimmers and, again, the, the hedge trimmers from Husky. Yeah, but, um, we started obviously with the ego stuff. We've been using the mowers now, the ego mowers, for a good a good two years, and uh, they're they're absolutely brilliant. 
I kind I kind of feel like you've got the ball. I mean, I'm sure there's other people that is using them, and maybe even before yourself. But I seen you kind of repping the ego more commercially. Let's call it mm. for you know for your business. Yep. You know, over yeah. the last however long, it's now kind of snowballed. Yeah, I, I, I would say, and that's not me blowing smoke, but it's just since you started swearing by them after using, because I remember when you were using the Husky in trial net, we had a couple of conversations yeah. about that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the fallout of that for anyone that's, that's bothered about actually hearing about it is the, the battery life just isn't fully there yet, is it, for no, for the Husky Mars? But um, so when after using Ego and you, you sort of really rated it, there was a kind of a fallout of people going, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah, and there must be a good... You know, there's a good few that I'm seeing now that it. I mean, I'm thinking about getting one this season, and that's just because I'm hearing so much feedback. I know it'd be great at a at a you know your own house. I, I've seen quite a few people using it, um, and it looks fantastic. But I didn't ever think it would be able to be used, um, at this day and age. Let's call it like you know maybe three five years from now. But I didn't think right now it would be able to stand up for a business. But you're kind of proving that wrong. Yeah, nice. It's um. We were quite skeptical about it, skeptical about it as well. I mean, for the price of it, it's you get a you get um you get a mower, you get a battery. All right, fair enough. It's just it's a pretty small battery, um, and a charger for for nearly the nearly the same price as a Husqvarna blower without the without the battery. So it's a uh, it's it's very cheap. Um, and when we got it, we sort of put it together and thought, nah, this ain't gonna last because I don't I don't think. The models that we have, I don't think they're actually classed as commercial. I think they're the sort of homeowner range um, of the ego stuff. But I'll tell you what, we've made it commercial. It works completely commercial for us. They're uh, they're built amazingly. Um, I was taken back by how good it is. I used to do a lot of of, of watching on YouTube with reviews from the states because I think obviously it started it sort of started big in America before it sort of dribbled over to here but he goes quite big in the states and people were just swearing by it and i thought you know what for, for 380 quid or whatever it was back then i think they've gone up now because obviously everyone's buying them but for 380 quid i thought you know what let's give it a go and uh, we haven't looked back so i see that uh ego this far i believe this is the first year this year that they've released the large zero turn ride on in the uk what you mm-hmm. get something like two and a half acres um, two and a half acres or one charge, so they seem to really be kind of trying to pave the way. Yeah, it's quite a, a nice bit of kit that actually. I'm uh, I'm quite jealous of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, trying to look, I was looking at them on online, and you know, as as you were saying about looking online for the reviews and stuff, they have trickled over to you know to UK reviewers, whoever they actually are, and they do seem to do a pretty good job. What yeah, find pretty interesting. Seem to struggle on hills a bit, but you know it is a large machine yeah. running off batteries. Yeah, I mean they're quite talky, and I think yeah. they can take what is it six six batteries? Yeah, I, th- I believe it's something um, crazy like that. And I think it's I think it's two and a half acre on six ten amps, but they've ego just released twelve amp twelve and a half amps now. Oh, so is it six twelve and a half? Yeah, they've got a, a, a big twelve and a half amp battery coming out. So if you've got six of those in there. Probably looking at three, three and a half acres. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's what's mad, really? And I think what kind of show? I mean, was there any of them at Soltex? I know you went down there this year. 
I didn't go to Soul Kicks this year, but oh, it was did definitely you not? down there. Okay, I right. Didn't, I didn't attend. Didn't attend. To be honest with you, I didn't think with, with COVID, um, you know, obviously with COVID being a bit of a, a pain, you know, I, I didn't actually think there'd be a lot of new stuff coming out. I thought that these sort of brands would sort of have like a couple of years off, you know. Yeah. Wouldn't release much new stuff. But I, what from what I'm hearing of the people that did go down there, um, I think Ego were the people that released the most new stuff. Yeah. Um, Seems like there's a there, cool. definitely a big push. I mean, I, it's only sort of over the last couple of months that I've started following them on Instagram and places like that. Mm-hmm. And they are very, you know, there's so much that all their marketing, if you're into like sort of marketing signs and all the rest of it, all their marketing is 100% like, you know, the zero emission side of life. Let's make this world a better world. You know, they're purely dedicated to doing just battery. So it does make me yeah. think for any of the issues that we might have here and now with that type of brand, and I know we're running away with a brand talk here, but bear with us, um, is that they can only get better because all their research is going into one sector exactly. or, you know, yeah. of our sort of trade market. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're going to be, um, I think we had this chat. I think at some point they're going to be, uh, it's going to be less of a conversation on what sort of battery kit to use. And it, it's almost like the space race a little bit and who can get sort of faultless the quickest, you know, the battery to last the longest and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, now, right. now, we, now that we know the kind of equipment that you're using and the sort of properties that you that you usually work on, what is your best tips for sort of pricing up work? And I know this can be very different for, you know, the type of business that you're running, the type of work that you may do. But if you could just give a tip to let's say someone that's just beginning, you know, something that would help them throw, you know, make the least amount of mistakes as possible, what would it be? Um, we we used to charge by the hour. Um, when I sort of merged in with my dad, he was a, an hourly charger. Um, right. He used to sort of charge £20 per man per hour. Um, and you always, I mean, I kept it like that for a good four or five years after joining with him. But you're always sort of um, restricted, obviously, to how many hours a day there are in a day and, you know, how many jobs you can do in a day. And you, you, you get to a sort of point where you're sort of earning the same money every single day and there's no room for improvement. So it's only been recently in the past three or four years where we've come off that and, and we just charge by the visit. It's, All right. It can can become quite confusing because obviously customers are sort of questioning you saying well what are you going to be doing in this visit and how are you going to be here for you know so it's very difficult but going back to machinery we've just if we've just invested all this money in in buying tools that can do the job quicker better um, and more efficiently then why should we be tied down and staying somewhere for a certain amount of time and when we could sort of get in there get the job done to a good standard um, get the same amount of money that we would do by charging the hour um, leaving and getting cracking with the, with the next job, you know? So yeah, I would, I would say um, starting on, starting with an hourly rate is definitely a good way to go because you can sort of, you can sort of let customers know how good you are in that sort of space of time. And a lot of, a lot of new customers always want to hear, uh, you know, oh, how much you charge for the hour. Yeah. And once you tell them that, they sort of feel comfortable in paying you, um, knowing that you're going to be there for that sort of time. But 
if you can sort of stay like that and earn money that way for a good two, three years, and then maybe switch the business up and, you know, sort of come off, come off that sort of hourly, hourly rate charge, then I definitely suggest doing so. I mean, we've changed it in the past three or four years and our profits have definitely gone up um, yeah. in just sort of coming off that hourly sort of charge. But it's very, very difficult to, to say that to someone, you know, don't charge by the hour, charge by the visit because we're still going into new gardens. Um, and the first thing they sort of say to us is, oh, how much you charge by the hour? Um, and we sort of turn around and say, well, you know, if we don't charge by the hour, we charge by the visit. And they start asking, well, what are you going to be doing in that visit? And it can it can get quite difficult. So it, it it's been a, a long um, a long time coming in, in changing over. But we're yeah. we're probably about seventy eighty percent there now. But any advice to new people, I'd probably say start out with an hourly charge. Um, get a good set of customers in. Um, you know, on on a good sort of rotor. So that you're earning money, you're ticking over, um, and then when you start getting new calls from there, maybe just telling the new customers, um, no, I don't charge by the hour, I charge by the visit, and then you can sort of filter out your old ones, the ones that don't want to convert into visit charges, and sort of take it from there, really. But that's that's probably what I'd, I'd advise to do. Yeah, yeah, I suppose the the bottom line with it, and you know, I kind of advise similar is that. Hourly charging is, is a safe way to charge, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. no matter what, you're going to make whatever set amount you're happy making. You know what I mean? You're still you're making a nice profit off it, whatever else. Um, you're still going to make that safe amount. And at the same time, you also start getting the experience on how long something might take for what it looks like, you know, what state it's in. Yeah. So I'm guessing for the people that's listening here, when you say that you then start pricing by the job, you're looking at, what needs done, how hard it's going to be, the equipment that's needed. It's like all these different factors, isn't it? It's not just going, oh, this is the price. The raise, like, there's something back in that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That's 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 why it's probably a good idea, like you say, to start with an hourly charge and, and see how quickly you as an individual can sort of get things done. You know, if you've got an average size lawn and you, and you, and you go in there and think to yourself, right, I've got to be here for the hour. Um, but you you sort of get it done in 20 minutes, then you sort of know how long that you can, how long it will take you to sort of do that specific job. So I I, I definitely sort of try and learn your your strengths and weaknesses by charging an hourly rate. Um, you know, being comfortable like that. And again, customers do like to see an hourly charge, but you can maybe use it as a as a way of seeing how long it takes you to do certain jobs. You know, before you sort of go on to charging by the visit. Yeah. So yeah, hourly charges is definitely a safe way to start off. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> I think it it it's good in many ways, and even it's just it's that blend, isn't it? I mean, personally, I still I do a bit both. So I would sort of say, yeah, there's a segment of my clients that I still charge hourly for. And there's a segment that's like per per job being done, and that's mainly because of my my own for anyone that's kind of in the same predicament as me since I'm working part-time and it's not like a full go on the business just yet, it's very, it's a lot easier to to plan your slots and be somewhere. You know, I know that I work, I finish work on a Thursday at five. I know if, if needs be, I can be at your property for quarter past and, you know, I can get a couple of jobs until quarter past six, quarter past seven, you know, whatever it might be. And it's a lot easier yeah. at planning. Whereas if you're yeah. working two jobs or you're not too sure on the, the, um, the spaces you have, then it's it's a little bit harder to work out how long you're going to be somewhere 
And, you know, if you can make your next appointment before it gets dark or before you need to be back in work or, you know, whatever their situation is. Um, it's just, I think there's meant that the main thing is there's many ways to work it. And it's what might work for one person might not necessarily work for the next. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, it's also good. I mean, we've, we've, if we also sort of want to, as you go back to saying about like rotors and schedules, and we used to we used to stick to you know time zones completely when working by the hour, and it, it used to sort of keep us in quite regimental. You know, it used to make yeah. us quite you know, um, it, it's it's nice to follow a schedule and and be on time for places. So it sort of gives you a, a good sort of day to day basis of where you're going to be at what time. You know, if if you've got a spare half an hour slot during the day, you can sort of go off and have a look at other jobs. Uh, whereas if you're charging by the visit, you sort you can sort of get in one way, get in somewhere, and you're left with an hour slot before you're allowed to go into the next job, you know. But yeah. if you can if you can get if you've got good customers that you're flexible with, and you and we've got a lot of backdoor keys for our customers, so we just sort of turn up when we want to turn up, and just sort of send them the invoice when we're done. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's a nice nice position to be in, but yeah, sticking to a schedule. He's good on the other hand, yeah. Definitely, definitely helps. So how, how do you actually plan your jobs and then, by the sounds of it? So obviously you're planning... Basically, we've got... Um... Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all right. You can, you can understand. I was just going to say, so like, are you using like calendars? Are you using like some form of um, CRM, like sort of software? Like how, how do you find it best to, to plan in your jobs and organise it at all? We used to have uh, paper diaries. Um, but it got quite repetitive just writing in the same sort of customers every week or every fortnight and with a pen and paper. So what I do now is I've just got Google. I use Google calendars um, and I just basically just, if I've got a job weekly, I just put it in on the Thursday and then just say every week. Um, or if I've got a job fortnightly, I'll just say every 14 days. Um, tend not to do monthly jobs, but the ones that we do, I just sort of say repeat every month. Yeah. Um, and it all synchronizes quite well. But I, I, I don't like, obviously, we've got to, to a position where we don't really stick to a schedule. We, I just know what customers I've got on that day. Um, they know I'm coming in. I've got their gate code or their gate key. I can give them a rough time, but, you know, things change during the day. Yeah. Something might crop up or there might be traffic or a customer cancels. So I have to bring the job forward a little bit. So we're quite flexible in our day but we we used to use diaries handwritten diaries but now we just sort of do it all electronically yeah i think it's so much so much easier isn't it i mean in the beginning i i really thought oh i don't know what it was about it but i was really interested in like putting pen to paper and i think more feeling organized feeling like i've got paperwork to do made me feel busy yeah and um but realistically, the amount of, like you just said that, like the amount of time you end up putting into it, just writing down the same names. And, you know, I even did it yeah. when I first moved over to everything electronical is I had like a spreadsheet for my customers. Then I would have a spreadsheet for the spreadsheet. And, and I was just making work for myself. And I think it's just a time thing. You almost need to grow out of it. But you start learning that there is ways where you can really cut your admin in half. And although... You still need to be aware of the time that you're putting in on the evening. There's, there's ways of reducing it so it's not so much of a burden. So like you say there, for, for anyone that's not using anything at the moment, instead of writing down, you know, Pete, for, yeah, every two weeks, you know, that you're coming in, he's gone to do whatever the job might be, you literally just tap 
uh, repeat fortnightly, and it, it covers it for the whole twelve months or for the foreseeable. Um, yeah, that's it. You know, and it, and it just cuts it all of it out. The only thing I do is coming into winter, um, because I have certain jobs that sort of stop around the end of November, and then I've got I'm left with the properties that are sort of, you know, all year through. I delete them off just so I don't confuse myself, and then I add them to an Excel sheet just so I basically remember to to put them back on. Um, what about you? When, yeah, when you st- yeah. when you start going into that sort of winter period, is there anything that sort of changes within your business? Do you kind of keep all your clients, or what sort of happens to your business? Come sort of you know the worser weather. Yeah, well, we've we've yeah we've we used to have the jobs that sort of cut us out um, in the winter. Like we sort of got a text message from a couple of them saying you know nothing's really going on in the garden now, and this is this is some of these were texting us in September. Yeah, all right. Really early. Yeah, um, which definitely. It's not great for the business. Um, we've sort of filtered those people out, um, and it is hard, but we've sort of got a good relationship with with customers, and because we've got the bigger gardens, there's always stuff going on. Yeah. Um, sometimes not in the smaller gardens, because obviously you know some small gardens we used to do just just have a little postage stamp lawn, and obviously in winter they don't expect you to be there, but because we've got some bigger size gardens now, we, we sort of try and keep it all year round, you know, being self-employed, the bills don't stop in winter. Yeah. And so we've just got to keep it ticking over and we've tried to build up a, a bond with our customers and sort of, they understand, you know, that we've, we've got to keep coming in. So no, it can get difficult because, you know, sometimes customers don't really want their gardens or don't really care about their gardens looking great when it's dismal and bleak outside. But we try to, take on and keep the customers that do so we've always got work all year round really yeah i think it's a it's a main thing isn't it that don't just unless you're specifying just in lawn care or or whatever it might be that ties you to you know one direction i've said this before i think it's great if if you're open to the possibilities of tapping into other streams you know look at your hedges for you know september time start bringing them in as as the lawns are calming down and then, you know, you, fruit tree pruning, for example, January, February, it's a fantastic way to, you can spend a good amount of time on some of them, especially some of them that need like sort of renovated. Um, and if you, if people's worried about what to do, there's so many services that you can just add. Like I've said this before as well, that, yeah. you know, when I first started with this venture, I thought what you what you originally say your business is, is just what it is and you can't do anything else. But the reality is, you're in control. You know what I mean? If you want to try another service, even if it's not all the time, but you can't, yeah, someone's just mentioned, oh, I really need my patio done. Do you know anyone that can do it? And you're like, oh, well, actually, you know, I've got a power washer. You know, I'll do it at this rate. Um, Then give it a go. You know what I mean? I think it's, that's the main thing. You you, you are in control of what to do. Um, Well, I think a lot of people, it's easy to forget that you can just fully organize what you want and put your business in sort of the best position possible, I suppose it would be. Yeah. Um, So, so going through this then out of the range of experience you've currently had, what is the biggest mistake you've made? And that can be anything to do with the company itself within gardening, within lawn care, within horticulture. What's the biggest mistake you've made? Um, It's quite difficult. Biggest mistake made. Probably trying to grow the business too quickly. Nice. Going back to employing people. Um, 
we we wanted to sort of cover loads of areas we wanted all the gardens we wanted all the customers we want to take over the whole territory and, and we thought by in you know by by employing buying another couple of vans and employing tom dick and harry we can sort of do that but it, it probably affected our reputation more than it did improve it right uh, we sort of took on any jobs that we could um sent a couple lads in um while we're doing our obviously our our, our normal runs sent a couple of the boys in and uh, going back to the conversation we had earlier, just get, getting loads of complaints. Um, and will, will you find that you are having a sorry? Sorry, do you will you find that you are having to go and then right. sort these? Like, was it causing more work? Yeah, yeah, causing more work. We'd obviously then have to go in there, stop what we're doing, go in there, checking up, seeing you know, having a face to face chat with these people who have just rung up and complained and saying that what 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 happened, um, and how can we put it right? And time is money. Yeah. So obviously that's affecting our our day, and you know then we're having to have a conversation with the lads that just went in there and ruined something, and it gets a little bit, you know, it gets a little bit bitty, and it it's just not really ideal. So I think the biggest mistake is trying to grow your business too fast. You know, find your comfort zone. Um, if you feel like you can sort of, I suppose it all depends in on what situation you're in. If you work on your own. Um, and if, if you feel that you can maybe employ someone to work with you in your van without having to take on too much more work, then, you know, if, if, it, if it takes a strain off you a little bit and you can afford it um, and you can maybe slowly take on an extra job or two a day, then go for it. But if you're already at a position where you're, you're, you're stable, you're making money, but you just want to grow, um, don't force it. You know, just let, let, let it slowly happen and, and, and try and try and worm your way into it rather than, do what we did and buy a couple of vans and employ people that you know they, they tell you that they can do all this and I'm, I'm good of a streamer I can I can put a stripe on the lawn but you know in in reality it's probably our own doing really yeah it, it wasn't as, as easy as that what, what what makes me laugh if we can just touch on for a second there's a video that you took the other day of uh, a bloke in a car park Strimming moss, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone that probably didn't see um, Mike's story, it was a bloke in, let's say, he wasn't in a proper uniform, was he? And it was no, between like no. two, two proper hatchback cars in a parking space, and he was just strimming this like almost gravel yeah. car park. Like it blows it's my gravel. mind. Yeah, absolutely. Literally. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't heard of. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't heard a fallout from that of them like denting cars or chipping windows or something because that I'm sort of thing's brutal. It is. It is it's really, really bad. And I thought to myself that a lot of people would get sort of arty about it, you know, and sort of go down there and complain. But I realised because I'm a gardener and I've done it before, because I'm sort of the only person that knows <laughs> the damages that a strimmer on full whack strimming around concrete and stones can do to a car yeah. i know the consequences consequences of it you know but someone else who doesn't really know much about gardening or i've never used a strimmer before they're probably just looking out and thinking oh this guy's doing a great job yeah <laughs> you know, yeah because i know what, what can be done with a strimmer i'm sitting there squinting my eyes thinking god don't hit a stone you know it's going to be someone else's car or mine but yeah it's it's incredible yeah i, I just don't know how it uh 
it, out. it just shows, doesn't it? If you can, then vet the people you're employing because I suppose no matter what people say, and it's in any line of thing in work, you know, regardless what people say, you're going to have to trust them with your companies. And if it's your, sorry, with your customers, and if it's your company, then, you know, that's a lot of responsibility to give to someone that might be having you on, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. last question is the easiest, and that is how can people find you? How can people find me? Uh, Insta- I'm probably on, my- I'm on Instagram the most. Um, I did dip into a little bit of YouTube. But uh, as you know yourself, it's very uh, very time-consuming editing the videos. Um, and uh, it can become quite stressful. So Instagram is, is definitely my main go-to. Um, yeah. As you know, Mike DGM on Instagram. Um, I'm, I've got a website. I set, set the website up about seven or eight years ago. Um, that's going pretty well. Get get quite a few uh, new jobs from the website. Quite highly listed in Google. Um, so yeah, on, online, Instagram. There's a few. There's a. I do hope to put a few more uh, YouTube videos up. Yeah, I've actually got a, an interesting meet with one of the product, uh, the product manager for Europe of Ego. Actually, he's coming down next Tuesday. Nice. Um, and basically, we're just gonna have a little chat and, and see how I can improve some of their tools. So. There might be a, a, a bit more footage coming out on YouTube, so look out for that on YouTube, but mainly mainly Instagram. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's good. It's always good getting stuff like that through as well, isn't it? But um, no, awesome. Well, what we'll say there then is for all the links that Mike's just uh, talked about there, I will put them in the show description notes. How you find that is where you've just found this episode. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it'll come up with all the... Um, just above all the reviews and things like that, it'll just be the show notes. Click on them and it'll be all the links to Mike's profiles. But uh, Mike, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, it felt like a long time coming after all the chats that we've had. But um, thank, you. No, thank you for uh, for coming on and giving up your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on here, Sam. Much appreciated. No worries, man. So... Everyone, that is episode 36, and we've had Mike Day on from Mike Day Garden Maintenance. Like I say, that it's been an absolute pleasure having them on, being able to just sort of talk and get to know sort of these people that we're seeing and we're spending time watching and listening to on Instagram and other sort of platforms. It's great to get to know them. So the way, just to remind you all, the way the interviews work is the first interview is always just to get to know the person that we're talking to. And then from there, I'm hoping that throughout this year, we can do a lot more uh, topic specific sort of conversations and you know these people will be coming back on hopefully um if they don't mind and speak them through with us so anyway thank you very much for joining us this week if you can just swipe down and leave a review or hit the the stars button to leave us some feedback thank you very much for joining us and we will see you again next week take care everyone